2: Zumo Zumo Play.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchett, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host live on the East Coast, the one and only Josh Applebaum. Josh, how are you? Pritch, I'm doing great. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Uh, another big
4: day. A lot of baseball. We have uh, 15 games across the Major League Baseball slate. Yes. And Pritch, a lot of news and notes in the NFL affecting win totals, affecting uh, you know futures, odds, starters, who's going to be the QB. It's a lot of movement here for week one. And then also, I'm excited to break down a bunch of preseason games with you, Pritch. Yes, preseason. <laughs> no. We got some sharp line moves uh, so we can... We can talk about it all today. Big baseball, football day. Who knows what else we'll get into, but it's great to be with you, Pritch. Uh, It's
3: another another big day in the arena. Another big day. Great to have you, as always, Josh. And I tell you what, it's preseason for the National Football League. It's preseason for us, too, when it comes to betting. So uh, we can iron out anything we need to iron out when it comes to our systems this year, uh, looking at the preseason. So looking forward to that. Uh, How about the news from Indianapolis with the Colts, Chris Mortensen, Jacob Eason, and Sam Ellinger? Um, are competing for the backup job there's some news about Carson Wentz uh, along with uh, all pro guard Quentin Nelson uh, that they're I guess healing faster or healing uh, you know faster than some people anticipated they might be ready for week one what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, Pritch, this is kind of one of the big news stories that we've heard today. Uh, Obviously, you know, when we heard the news that both Wentz and their all-pro guard Quentin Nelson both had kind of the same foot issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Initially, it was, hey, the sky's falling here with the Colts. We knew that Frank Reich had an issue with COVID. There's been injuries uh, kind of across the board. Uh, But really what we're seeing now, Pritch, is maybe we we spoke too soon here. You You know, the initial diagnosis was 5 to 12 weeks for Carson Wentz. I just saw that he's back at practice, doesn't have a boot, is walking around, is looking okay. Obviously, we had the Chris Mortensen and Schefter report uh, saying that eight days out after surgery, uh, both these players are now trending toward playing week one. So, you know, anytime I hear this, bridge, I immediately go to the number, uh, what the line, what the odds makers are saying, because we know that when it comes to wise guys, they're the ones with the, the true sources on the <laughs> ground who can move these numbers so i did notice one thing you know we saw this huge move you know, week one against seattle where the colts initially were minus three and then uh re- really early on before the news of of wentz and, and, uh, and nelson it got down to two and a half so i said okay you know week one early season dogs uh perform at a, a much better rate against the spread looks like just some russell wilson money there wilson is great ats as a dog I think he's about 64 percent as a dog getting points but then the injury happens. It flips all the way. Some books go to Seattle minus three. I did see that three is down to two and a half now. So okay. it's coming back a little bit. We're seeing movement here, maybe back toward the Colts. This is obviously great news if one of these guys or both are ready for week one. Uh, but Pritch, looking at this prop bet, we still have Jacob Eason as the favorite, minus 140 to take the first snap. Ellinger plus 200. We heard that he's taking a lot of first team reps. But Pritch, I'll throw this at you. Carson Wentz plus 750 to take the first snap. If we think that Wentz is progressing in the right direction and Wentz can make that start, and again, you know, you're know, you about a month away, yeah. you've already got eight days in, you're kind of right on the early part of that eight week, uh, five week time frame. Right. Uh plus 750, if he starts, Bridge, that's a pretty good payout right
3: there. It is a great payout and something to keep an eye on because, okay, from my experience, I a surgery that I had, Josh, I had a knee surgery in training camp uh, and I didn't make it back until about the third week of the season. So, you know, when you think about um, uh, Carson Wentz right now, and Stephanie just uh, uh, told me and informed me that uh, these odds are off the board right now for uh, the Colts. Uh, So the bookmakers are looking at that, too, right? Uh, So these numbers are not going to be on the the board right now for the Colts when it comes to who's going to take the first snap uh, of the season. Um, But just going back to my experience, you know, healing is one thing, but then range of motion is another, and then preparation is another, too. So uh, you're going to heal from surgery, then you're going to... have to get back out there get back in shape for sure and uh, then on top of that you're gonna have to catch up to where everybody else is too and, and i don't know if that's enough for carson wentz with a new team even though he's with frank reich uh if with a new team uh and then also go out there and, and have everything be seamless so uh, i still like jacob eason or ellinger to be the week one starter because i, I you'd, you'd be rushing carson wentz who is a high risk player anyway you would be rushing him back out here on the field
4: Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Prish, because obviously this is a guy who uh, really started his career great, had that MVP year. He was on his way to going to winning the MVP and then injuries. Uh, derailed everything. You don't want to risk a bigger issue by rushing this guy back too much. So yeah. again, on the one hand, it's great that he's trending toward week one, uh, but also if Eason's been getting all these reps and Wentz uh, is, um, you
3: know, still not
4: at 100%, maybe Eason's uh, a little more on track here. So you can kind of take it a little
3: easy with yep. Wentz moving forward. Yeah, definitely look at look for that. It's betting across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Richards, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host live from Boston, Josh Applebaum. So Josh, we need to go over all these news and notes from the. National National Football League. Uh, one in particular is interest uh, to us because I think you're high on the Giants this year. I think you want to look at the win total and go over perhaps for the New York football Giants. So you look at the Giants, their GM, Dave Gettleman, uh, on Daniel Jones. This is a quote. This is an important year for Daniel and an important year for us. Uh, what can I tell you? I'm stating the obvious. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. But uh, more pressure on Daniel Jones right there when the GM makes a statement like that. Yeah, a lot of pressure here, but also
4: kind of letting you know that there are some expectations and maybe you're kind of bullish on your club overall. So, you know, one thing that we've talked about quite a bit with the New York Giants here, Pritch, obviously Kenny Galladay having an issue here with an injury. You give him big money and you think that he's gonna really revamp your offense and bring the best out of Daniel Jones. We have to wait on that. So that's not great. But you did get some good news with Saquon Barkley. It sounds like he's back in practice, so maybe he's trending in the right direction overall. But I keep going back to the fact of A Belichick disciple taking over a new program Mm -hmm. and slowly building the foundation, Pritch. Like, you know, if you're going to build a house, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to get a piece of land. You got to, you know, lay the cement with the foundation. I think that's what you saw last year with Joe Judge taking over. Uh, and it, the funny part, Pritch, was remember when they got into the the fight there in training camp, and he's all mad, but secretly he's like, wink, wink. I kind of sure, love that my absolutely. team is, uh, all excited and ready to rip off each other's heads. So yeah. I just feel like you know the way this team is trending, I think you're just going to slowly build and build and build. So the fact that this win total here is seven, but it's juiced up over. I think it's minus one thirty at this point tells me the oddsmakers are saying in this wide open NFC East, the Giants to me are a team to look out for. I think they're kind of second fiddle. I would still put the football team uh, as, as really the favorite here to win this division. I know the Cowboys uh, odds are pretty good, but uh Pritch, I don't know if you saw hard knocks yet. I still got to get to it. But um to me, there's still question marks with Prescott, right. with their defense, a public team that will always get a lot of support. But I think the Giants, again, I, I put a lot of stock into this juiced up over win total over 7-130. Oddsmakers are telling you. This team could make another step forward here with Daniel Jones, more weapons in the draft. Obviously they bring in Kadarius Toney. Uh, So to me, can, can Jones finally, you know, flip that switch and and be the quarterback to me, it's kind of a make or break year Pritch. Either you stick with Jones and he, he shows more progress or you cut ties and say, maybe after the rookie contract is over, you know, we're, we're in the market for another quarterback, but overall that over seven minus one thirty. and right. if you're a giants fan, you're going to be competitive in this division. I could see them going eight and nine and challenging the, uh, the NFC East
3: there. Well, if you cut ties with Jones, you might as well cut ties with Gettleman. I, I think when he said us, I think he was talking about himself too, because he drafted Daniel Jones. They traded up for him when they didn't have to do that. Right. And uh, then on top of that, they drafted him when Pat Shermer was the head coach and they had a different offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Shula. So insert your guy, Judge, and insert your guy, Garrett, as offensive coordinator for this young quarterback. Uh, and now you've got to make it work. Uh, the draft to Saquon Barkley, hopefully some of the moves that Gettleman has made uh, through free agency as well. So uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on everybody, not only the players, not only Daniel Jones, but the front office as well so that could make it uh that sense of urgency right josh uh, to where okay you see the the win total of seven uh i'm comfortable going over that number
4: yeah i'm right there with you pritch and again this is a team that you know one thing with gettleman uh is he really puts a lot of stock into the trenches so you know beefing up your offensive line Mm -hmm. defensive line that's kind of one of the first you know as as team building exercise that you got to be strong with so they devoted Quite a few big picks, Uh, top picks. Obviously, Andrew Thomas from Georgia last year to load up their line. They're going to get, I I believe, Nate Solder back, former Patriot here to benefit their offensive line a bit. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, Buffs, exactly, Colorado. Uh, And then also um, Leonard Williams, the guy that they got in a trade and and spent big money on keeping. Uh, So I think that's kind of set. To me, it's a question of, uh, I think your defense is maybe improving a little bit here. But really, it's it's Daniel Jones. And what can he give you? And can he be competitive in this division? Because, you know, we saw him take a step back last year, Pritch. Mm-hmm. He actually had a decent rookie year. He had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He had a QB rating of 87.7. And he takes that step back last year. We only had 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions dropping his QB rating down to 80.4. So you, you know, Belichick says this all the time, you know, you're making your leap from year one to year two. That's, that's one of the biggest times as a player that you really take your game to the next level. Jones actually took a step back here. So big, Big year three here for Daniel Jones, Pritch, uh, and a couple lines that I'm just looking at here. You know, the first one, uh, if you look at the New York Giants in, in their week one opener, uh, Giants right now, depending on where you're looking, they're, like, getting a point here. Okay. You know, plus one, plus one and a half against Denver. I want to know, is that going to be a situation where public hammers Denver as, you know, this roster that everyone's impressed with? We'll see what happens, you know, with the the QB battle between Teddy Two Gloves and Drew Locke. But is there a, a situation where Giants are really contrarian, Getting a point, getting a point and a half week one, that could be a bylaw spot there for the G-men. All
3: right. We got some news on the Broncos. We'll get to that in a minute, but I wanted to ask you about the Daniel Jones uh, passing yards prop, uh, 3,800 and a half passing yards, 24 uh, and a half passing touchdowns with this kind of pressure or expectations now put on the Giants and Daniel Jones. What do you think about those numbers and perhaps going over?
4: You know, Pritch, just from a you know a good quarterback in the NFL, you feel like you can easily uh, go over those numbers here. I'm mm. not so sure with Daniel Jones. I okay. mean, again, uh, maybe he he will you know break through this year and everything will come together. But you already have Galladay banged up a little bit. Right. Obviously, you're banking on Tony and Slayton and some of these other guys. Will Evan Ingram pop here? This is kind of what you're waiting for overall. But I'm just looking at what he's done so far in the NFL. We can go off of 3,027 passing yards uh, his rookie year. 2,943 a second year. You're going to have to, I know you're getting the extra game here, but you're going to have to really increase your offensive yardage output to go over that number right now, that over 3,800 and a half yards. So I think he probably gets close, but I'd actually maybe lean under there. Um, you know, one thing to target would be maybe his rushing yards bridge. Mm-hmm. Remember that play where uh, he, he ran out, ran everybody and then, Except uh, then the turf and by the turf. <laughs> yeah. Turf monster got him, which is one of my favorite highlights because uh, the guy was wide open. And, and again, uh, whatever it was, his hamstring or whatever mm-hmm. got him the turf monster. But, um, that's maybe something that I would target. I think the, the passing touchdowns 24 and a half, that seems a little high too to me. Uh, I just don't, if you're expecting a big year on Daniel, from Daniel Jones, maybe it happens, but I'd be right. more comfortable on maybe kind of this, uh, you know, lower type numbers, like Bridgewater type numbers overall. Uh, Pritch one thing I just want to throw at you real mm-hmm. quick, Saturday night, the, Je- the Jets are at the Giants. So really no travel for both teams, but this was one of the games that I want to hit on with you. I got six preseason games. I want to let you know about big sharp line moves. The first one here is toward the Jets, believe it or not. The Giants actually opened a minus one and a half point favorite, quote unquote home favorite. Remember, this is the same stadium for both teams, right. uh, Meadowlands. But now it's flipped to Jets minus one and a half. So these, this is one of my favorite preseason system moves when you have a sh- really short dog to favorite flip. So going from Giants one minus one and a half, now to Jets minus one and a half. I'd be looking at money lining the Jets here. Uh, maybe this is a situation where, uh, with, again, a new head coach like Salah, playing a lot of your starters, playing, giving guys more time. Maybe you see more Zach Wilson, whereas the G men are, are uh, still year two with judge, mm-hmm. but maybe they don't play as many of <laughs> their big guys. So I'm looking at a money line jets, Pritch, aren't I crazy A well, jets money line play in the preseason? What do you think?
3: You're not crazy. I just thinking about judge and, and how intense he is. I mean, uh, I feel sorry for those backups. If they make a lot of mistakes out there, that's for sure against the jets, but a uh, line movement of interest right there between the New York football Giants uh, and the New York football Jets uh, right there. So, Josh, I want to ask you about the Broncos. Vic Fangio uh, said uh, Drew Locke will start. Uh, at quarterback in the first preseason game against the Vikings uh, on Saturday. Right now, they're in joint practices. Uh, they're up in, in Minnesota. Uh, Drew Lock, Teddy Bridgewater, again, appear to be co-starters on the uh, initial depth chart, unofficial depth chart uh, of the preseason there. So uh, we got Drew Locke minus 130, Teddy Bridgewater plus 125. Your thoughts on Drew Locke there to be the uh, starting quarterback uh, for the Broncos the first season, first snap? So I like Pritch, I like
4: Drew, and I'll defer to you, Pritch, because you're my Broncos whisperer here. You know all things uh, Colorado. But <laughs> I like Drew Locke to win this to win this prop bet here. Okay. You know, we did see big movement overall, Pritch. I mean, you and I have been doing shows every day for about two weeks. I feel like last week there was a day where it was Drew Locke plus 100, Teddy uh, two gloves, like plus 120. This is now flipped where Drew Locke has a minus number in front of his name. So that's really important to me. That's telling me that in this prop market, uh, which again, you know, typically in these prop bet markets, you're going to get a lot of recreational money on one of the dogs to cash a plus money bet, right? Almost like, you know, a parlay type situation where, Hey, if I'm going to bet on this prop bet, I want to risk my 10 bucks, but try to get 20 bucks back, that sort of thing. So you have this preference up from casual bettors on taking plus numbers. But with this Drew Lock move, I, I like this. This tells me that he's taken some respected money across the market, going from a plus 100 favorite now to minus 130. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, Drew Lock is still a young player. We kind of know what Teddy Two Gloves is. Right. He's, a, he's a steady veteran. He's really not going to turn it over too much. He's not going to really win you a game, but he's also not going to lose you a game. Uh, he covers, as we know, uh, at a ridiculous rate here as a dog. Anytime I get Teddy Two Gloves as a dog, to me, that's a great spot. But I think the ceiling is higher with Drew Locke, and you want to you want to know what you're going to get from mm-hmm. him. Uh, and, Fritch, here's my second preseason game to share with you that I, that we teased the other day. Okay. But I would money line the Denver Broncos right now. Uh, Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock at Minnesota, their first preseason game. This is another really sharp dog-to-fave line move. We saw Minnesota open, minus 1.5 at home. It's now flipped to minus 2.5 Denver. So that's a really big, big uh, move there toward the Broncos. And I think the angle that you gave us, which was really, really brilliant, is these guys are going to compete maybe they're yeah. going to play you know more than just the series you could get more action here they're going to want to play their best to try to win this QB battle to and also Minnesota the covid issues the the cousin stuff the jefferson injury there's a lot of moving parts here with Minnesota that's another sharp move. I would bet Drew Locke minus 130, and I'm looking at money lining the Denver Broncos Saturday afternoon.
3: Okay, well, here's a problem with the with the Broncos. So they want Drew Locke to be the quarterback. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater uh, for insurance. Uh, they flirted with Aaron Rodgers, you know, when that happened, but that didn't happen uh, to complete that transaction for sure. So Drew Locke, the upside for him uh, is tremendous. It really is. But uh, can he control himself? So there's an interesting stat out there about Drew Locke. Uh, he threw deep. Deep. an NFL high 15% right um, but he ranked near the bottom in deep ball accuracy so they want to improve that the turnovers and that situation as well uh, they want him to be a playmaker and then on top of that Josh uh, Troy rank has this stat a guy who we've had on the show before covers the Broncos does a great job uh, so Fangio is 0 and seven so far as head coach in September They have to get off to a fast start or Fangio not only be on a hot seat, uh, he might be shown the door uh, out there in Broncos country. Yeah, that's
4: a great stat. I I didn't realize that, Pritch. What's what's kind of uh, intriguing is a lot of those early games, too. You're going to get that advantage at mile high where Mm -hmm. uh, wherever you've been practicing as an away team, an opposing team, then you got to go to the rarefied air early in September when it's hot and the altitude gets to you. So that's kind of surprising. Typically uh historically, maybe it's just a Fangio thing, but uh obviously before when you had uh when you had Peyton Manning and you know all the the Elway years, if you look at a lot of the data historically, September is actually a really good ATS play for the Broncos because of the altitude and because of those issues there. So uh again, good point by you. You know, this is a team that Uh, you know we're pretty high on overall the eight and a half win total is juiced up minus 130 we kind of feel like they have a really good roster you know one to 53 and it's really just the quarterback position that is still a bit of a question mark here Uh, but I'm with you you got to start fast and maybe just the upside of Drew Locke you want to really figure out, you know, is this the guy? We want to give him all the chances and you kind of say to yourself, Hey, if he stumbles, we have a pretty steady guy behind him that we can insert, but let's start with the high upside guy. But uh good point about you, Pritch. I didn't realize. 0 seven in September. That, that's, that's rough for Fangio. Yeah.
3: He's up against it uh, in that regard right there. So familiarity between the uh, Vikings and the Broncos, they run the same system offensively. Uh, the joint practices too. Uh, does that change your mind on how you would bet a preseason game with joint practices involved uh, between the teams before they kick it off? Uh, uh, this weekend.
4: So it wouldn't change my outlook too much, Pritch, because I still am a big believer of just the great equalizer of okay. the line move because um, you know, again, when we talk about preseason, there's a huge faction of betters, uh, and a lot of recreational betters too, who say, I'm not touching it. It's mm-hmm. too crazy. It's too erratic. We don't know who's gonna play. There are too many unknowns to even really want to win the game. Uh so that we have that camp. But the camp that actually bets on these games, Pritch, If you talk to a lot of Sharps, and I've read quite a few articles here, uh, I know David Purdom had a good article about why Sharps love the preseason, is it's really an information game. It's almost like betting on a draft or betting over under prop bets, you know, the NFL draft, NBA draft. If you can really, you know, read the local beat reporters and and know what's going on on the ground and have an idea of who's going to play who isn't and look at these coaching ATS records or maybe one coach like a Harbaugh takes it very seriously and covers at a 65% clip. Another coach doesn't really care and just, you know, just wants to get through it without getting injured. It's an information based bet that that's why the people who can put in the time and really focus on this stuff do very well in the preseason. So to me, it's an added bonus of, you know, Hey, if you can, you know, keep an eye on uh, how these joint practices are going. I -hmm. remember the Patriots when uh, I think it was uh, Detroit, maybe one year they practiced and, um, you know, there are a lot of like camp fights and like scuffles and the Patriots end up winning. So those little things that you can pick up on each day of joint practice, who played well, who didn't where. Also, like, is there a great, you know, offensive line versus a really bad pass rush or right. kind of these mismatch position groupings can also be important. But I just feel like the line move bridge, that's the most meaningful thing because it's driven by. Uh, respected betters who are playing this information game.
3: These guys are at country clubs. What are they fighting about these days? I mean, they're barely (laughs) practicing, Josh. I mean, they're in shorts majority of the time, too. You can't be mad for being in shorts. Uh, The Athletics' Catherine Terrell reported that second-year wide receiver Marquez Callaway uh, is the go-to guy down there with the Saints. Injuries all over the place uh, with uh, the Saints uh, certainly uh, in their weapons. Winston and Hill, uh, those quarterbacks duking it out, too. Do you think the Saints are going to have a good offense uh, to start the season so I think this is a big test for Sean Payton obviously you know
4: you're you're turning the page from Drew Brees where you were uh, a Super Bowl contender every year for 15 plus years now he's got a challenge here with Jameis and we do know Jameis still the favorite here to be the week one starter over Taysom Hill I think he's around it's kind of shorter I think it's like minus 150 but Pritch I take a contrarian view of the Saints I actually kind of like the Saints to be a competitive team. Obviously, you're going to have to play Tom Brady twice, uh, but you also have in that division, you know, the Falcons and the Carolina, who may be better, but um, it's not like a world-beater division like that NFC West, where uh, you're going to have tough games every single time. I think this is kind of a buy-low spot because I think the thought process is, Drew Brees is gone, the Saints are going to be bad. Uh, however, the great equalizer here, again, what, look at the juice on the total, with the win total Pritch. It's nine games, mm-hmm. but juiced up over minus 115. I think you're getting a lot of, uh, you know, casual better saying, hey, no Drew Brees, they're going to take a step back, but yet the win total is juiced up over. I think Sean Payton, this might be a, you know, a 10 and 17. I could see that happening. Still a good roster here, Pritch, and maybe Jameis, you know, get, no 30 for 30 here with the 30 <laughs> picks, 30 interceptions, maybe he has a better year with the tutelage of Payton.
3: That offense is a work in progress. Certainly the injury news with Thomas was big. Uh, I don't think they have the weapons they once had, obviously, previously. They still have Kamara. I mean, he's still out there ph- phenomenal, uh, but you're still trying to figure out your quarterback situation When a legend leaves, Josh, it's always difficult to pick up where he left off. Uh, We're going to go over some more information from Sharps as we break down NFL preseason week one. That's next. Football season is right around the corner, so it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip, have your state-issued ID, open an account, Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your hosts today. Uh, So, Josh, we do have week one NFL preseason Uh, Let's see if we can iron things out here as we start the preseason. Washington at the Patriots Thursday night. Right now, the Patriots catching two points at home. 36 uh, is the total in this one.
4: Yeah, so, Pritch, you know, what's interesting here is there's really been no movement on the spread, but we have seen a lot of movement on the total. So kind of starting off with the spread, you know, a lot of these books open Washington minus two. Mm -hmm. On the road pretty much stayed minus two. Although I did see some books that opened minus two and a half and immediately got down to two. So I think... Any of these outlier books who are hanging the hook on the two with the Patriots got scooped up a little bit. To me, it's a waiting game in terms of the the spread right now. Uh, You know, I know Michael Lombardi, who I was talking to, he really liked Washington in this game. But I'm thinking, you know, if this thing gets down to one and a half and you start to see the juice move toward New England, I do have a lot of system matches on dogs in the preseason and really Belichick as a dog. You know, you think of Belichick. Uh, As as a guy who, um, obviously with Brady, won won a ton of games, was crazy ATS, uh, like 60% over almost a 20-year sample here. But Belichick in the preseason, there's a huge discrepancy between the Patriots as a favorite and as a dog. Belichick as a dog is 13-7 and ATS, 65%. So really good number there, covering at a very high rate. As a favorite, he's much lower. He's about 45% ATS. So also uh, dogs with line moves in their favor, you move at least a half point toward a dog. Uh, in the preseason the last decade you're about 56 percent ats so it's kind of a waiting game for me I'm waiting on the next move I also want to know uh and I'm pritch I'm, I'm listening to talk radio in Boston I want to know how, how many uh snaps max Jones, Mac Jones is going to play you know we talked about uh you know kind of a, a feather in your cap in your back pocket the fact that Brian Hoyer may play a lot of the second half a veteran guy who uh been around the block and isn't some rookie quarterback who could you know turn it over fumble and throw picks you know Hoyer may be, You know, inclined working with the threes to put up some numbers in the second half. So, kind of a waiting game, but lean Patriots. But I would say, Pritch, the the biggest move for this game is on the total. Now, the crazy thing is, if you look at the preseason under record, since 2014, unders in the preseason uh, have done great. They're 218 and 163. That's a 57% win rate. So, we did see the Hall of Fame game, the under cruise comfortably. Uh, Obviously, big move to that favorite covered as well with the Steelers. We have a big under trend here. However, Uh, respected betters are not worried about that. This thing opened 32, Pritch. It's all the way up to 36. I see a 36 and a half out there. There's been no buyback. I thought for sure, you know, open 32. Once it gets to 34, 35, you'll get some under money coming in. There's been no under money here. That tells me that even though this thing has gotten, you know, higher and higher, you know, you're almost four and a half points off the opener. there's, There's zero buyback. So maybe we get some fireworks here. Maybe we get some scoring. So far, waiting on the pats as a dog, but definitely you're late to the party. But there's really no buyback. The un- the over continues to get hit
3: with the football team in the past. Okay, how about the backups? You were out at training camp uh, with the Patriots up there. What did the- how did the backups look? Anybody stand out to you?
4: <laughs> yeah, so what was funny, Pritch, is Brian Hoyer took a few snaps. They also had a quarterback, Jake Dolagala, who was claimed off waivers, I believe, from the Packers. He's already been waived. So, uh, and then Stidham, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. The funny thing about Stidham, you know, for a year we were told Stidham's the heir apparent. Stidham's the guy. He just, every time he gets a chance, he gets hurt, something bad happens, he's out for a while with a back injury. So really at training camp, it was Cam Cam Newton, Mac Jones, 50-50. You'd know, uh, you have a bunch of Cam Newton plays, then a bunch of Mac Jones plays. It was really even, I think that, uh, kind of gives you a lot of credence about uh, how Belichick is handling this. You're still uh having Cam Newton run with the ones, but it's very even. And the fact that you know Brian Hoyer was kind of an afterthought. You see him there every now and again, uh, you know, jumping in there when uh when you know some of the players would take a rep off. But it was really even Jones, Cam Newton 50-50. We still have Cam Newton around minus 350 to take the first snap. Uh but to me, just from a approach uh, I'm not an NFL executive it was even 50-50 Jones and Newman
3: all right because looking at the backups reasons why that total might have uh, uh grew right there in terms of what you started at 32 you mentioned now up to 36 yep. right so you have Taylor Heineke as a backup then you have Kyle Allen as a backup with the football team familiarity with that offense they should be able to execute and then on the other side Mac Jones uh lightening up in training camp uh, that's the word anyway right <laughs> yeah, he is looking good, Pritch. Is anticipation, getting the
4: ball out quick. Great point by you. If you're going to bet overs, which again, preseason is really an under time of year, uh, make sure these backup quarterbacks are at least proficient and can move the ball and engage some points. I think that's a key point by you,
3: Pritch. Right, a chance for great execution there uh, in the second half when we're going to zero in <laughs> on that total for sure. Come up next in the program, we're going to get back to college football. Steve Mackinan again with some nuggets. One or two. Uh, there's a hint right there, too. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll explain that as well coming up next right here on B the Sports Betting Network. The v college football betting guide is here so start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions Heisman hopefuls and playoff teams plus power ratings for every team. Now it's also a great time to get your all access v subscription including our college and pro football betting guides along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 Or start your free all-access trial today at vcent.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's betting across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So, Josh, uh, we're all about cashing tickets here. Um, The college football betting guide, again, only $20, really. Uh, So much information in there. Some nuggets here, too. Uh, When you think about teams that you can bet on and their win totals. So, um, we're going to highlight some teams here with a win total of one and a half. Uh, Can we find two wins and perhaps bet the over in some of these situations? For instance, New Mexico State, uh, the over is juiced up, minus 125, the under, plus 105, win total of one and a half games right there. Their schedule, uh, when you look at New Mexico State, uh, the Aggies. Uh, they play the Mountain West Conference mostly, not New Mexico, but New Mexico State. Uh, they play most of the teams from the Mountain West Conference, which because they're independent now. So it's going to be interesting to see if New Mexico State uh, can find two wins on their schedule. Can you find two wins on the schedule?
4: So, Pritch, the funny thing here, you know, looking at, uh, obviously, a different way of looking at these win totals, because I think a lot of us are trained, and the betting public is really trained to bet on the really good teams to go over. There isn't a lot of, you know, uh, public mentality, thought process to betting bad teams to go over a very, very low number. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, if anything, you say, hey, you know, a lot of these teams may not win a single game this year, and you can go under, but I would say, based on the juice price with New Mexico State, The over one and a half wins is over minus one uh, minus one twenty five. So a little bit of over money, a little bit over liability. Now, here's my angle, Pritch. Uh, The two teams that we're going to talk about are New Mexico State and UMass. Uh, Our fine producer, Steph, uh, used to go to UMass. Mm -hmm. I I grew up in the Berkshires, which isn't too far from Amherst. So we're going to get some inside information here. We're getting a little (laughs) inside information here, Pritch. So and the reason why I bring up UMass in the conversation with New Mexico State is because Pritch, here's a little thing. If you look at our board here at VEASAN, November 27th, who does UMass play? They play New Mexico State. So just by the process of elimination, one of these two teams is guaranteed a win in that game. So there's your one, now can you find another one? I would lean a little bit toward UMass going over one and a half wins, not just to make our producer Steph happy, but uh, if they can get that one against New Mexico State, also, you look at this list here, uh, Rhode Island, Maine. You know, there are some of these other kind of smaller schools in the New England area that maybe they may be able to beat here. Also, the juice to the over uh is minus 165 to the UMass over. It's only minus 125 to the at to the uh, New Mexico State over. So a higher juice price with UMass, they're gonna play head to head with New Mexico State. Now, my my process of elimination game theory thing here, Fritch, could go to shambles if they lose at New Mexico State, which UMass on the road, I don't know how how much uh how much you know, confidence you have doing that. But I just think juice price, head-to-head, a couple of these games, Maine, Rhode Island, I feel like they're going to win one of those. Uh, to me, your, your easier path, if you want to cash this over, would be to the Minutemen here over one and a
3: half. Okay, because they're over as minus 165, though. Uh, I mean, that that's not too expensive.
4: Oh, Pritch, I would love to lay a big number on a, on, a, on a terrible team. I, <laughs> okay. That's my favorite thing to do. Right. But, uh, I, I would think also like the thought process there would be, hey, like I can get a terrible UMass team under one and a half at plus one thirty five. Give me that all day. We got to ask yourself, why is this bad team being juiced up over? That's kind of one of those classic looks too good to be true or looks fishy. There's a reason behind it because again, we're we think of UMass almost in that Akron vein, like a team that uh, you know gets blown out as a twenty point dog and loses by forty every time. But uh, to me, based on that juice price, why is it so high? It almost makes me feel more confident that the, maybe the books know something that we don't, uh, which is why maybe to that, to that over, it's so expensive there.
3: Okay, there's another team on this list, UNLV, uh, the local uh, school here. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium this year. Uh, they just lost their athletic director. Uh, no surprise, that happens routinely around here for UNLV. Uh, win total, one and a half, the over minus 110, the under minus 110, Josh. Now, this is a team that struggles for wins. They do. Uh, full disclosure, again, I did 12 years of UNLV football as a color analyst, so uh, it was a struggle uh, at times to, to call games here. But uh, they, have a, they have a tough schedule. I mean, Arizona State, Iowa State, Fresno State, uh, and then the Mountain West Conference, too. Can you find two wins on, on this schedule for UNLV?
4: So, Pritch, you're the local guy here. I'll lean, I'll defer to you on this one. But to me, from a New England perspective, you know, uh 3, 000 miles away, I don't see a single win on the board here, Pritch. This <laughs> a single is team. Win. I don't see one. You're gonna have to convince me. They're, they they go 0-6 last year, didn't win a single one. You obviously your athletic director's changes mm-hmm. uh has changed here. UNLV, this isn't the running rebels of the 90s and you know, in college basketball here. I think it could be a long season. I'm going through this list. Um, you know, and really it's hard to find a win in, in my opinion. Also look at the juice, you know, it's it's kind of a 50-50 spot here. It's minus one ten both sides uh, on the on the one and a half win total, which kind of tells you maybe this is an opening here where the books don't really have a feel for it. Maybe they could surprise you win two games, maybe they win one. But Pritch, I'm going through the process of elimination, looking at their schedule tell me who they can beat. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it here. You're going to have to, you're, you're home versus Hawaii, right? You know, you're playing air force. I mean, Eastern Washington in the opener. Uh, It's tough for me, Pritchett. Maybe you get one.
3: I would lean under based on the schedule I'm looking at right now, but what do you think? Yeah, I would lean under too, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with leaning under when it comes to the rebels here in football, Um, UTSA, you would think, but they got a good squad though. Uh, out there in San Antonio. And then you think about Nevada. That's an in-state rival situation, but uh, they don't measure up to what Nevada has right now. Uh, Hawaii, but they always play tough. But I, I think Hawaii is probably going to be too strong. Utah State with a new head coach. Uh, they might have a chance there. Um, and that's going to be at home, too. So maybe they get that win out of all these other teams on the schedule. I can't find another win, though, to be comfortable about betting the over there with the Rebels.
4: Yeah, maybe October 16th will be a big party uh, in Nevada there with that possible win against Utah State. But I'm with you, Pritch. It's possible. Um, And again, I'll I'll, I'll throw this at you, too. You know, our producer, Steph, in my ear, she's like, "Uh, that win total to the over with the Saints over nine, can you find me ten wins? I went back through that schedule that looks pretty tough there too for the Mm. Saints. So I think this is another thing. Like, you know, I look at, I lean a lot on the juice prices and what the odds makers are telling you, but if you want to really bet these win totals, do this exercise, go through every single game on the board. A lot of books have even already put out lines for every NFL game. So figure out, Hey, this team is a favorite in 10 games, you know, a dog in seven games, go through each game individually. That's another way that if you're going to bet a win total, put your hard earned money on it, Go through each game one by one and kind of map out win, win here, loss here coin flip here, it might be a better way to, to maybe look at this, adding in reduced right. juice
3: prices as well. Well, I think the tendency would be to look for over situations with these teams, but then you can cash a ticket going under one and a half wins too. Uh, so the college football betting guide, again, they have full breakdowns of all the teams. So you can go through their schedules yourselves, but it's just so much information uh, in the guide for you to make a decision when it comes to betting college football. Coming up next on the program, our NFL deep dive. Uh into uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming up next.
2: Zumo Play.
3: is offering new customers an opportunity to turn a $1 wager on the Cardinals or Pirates into $100 if either team hits a home run. Just use code VSEN100 when you sign up with the King of Sportsbooks. With BetMGM, you can enjoy innovative parlay, selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure to use code VSEN100 to win $100 in free bets when you bet $1 on the Cardinals or Pirates and either team hits a home run. It's a new customer offer. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show with Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So deep dive time, Josh Applebaum, into the Jacksonville Jaguars. They went 1 and 15 last year. Uh, optimism, I guess, their win total six and a half. Uh, This year with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, they're at quarterback now. 110 to the over, uh, minus 110 to the under as well. Yeah, so
4: I think first off, Prince, let's give the Jags a little bit of credit. They almost screwed up. They won that first game against the Colts, <laughs> and we all said the Jags can't even tank right. And then, uh, of course, uh, they still have the Jets to, to rely on to, mm-hmm. to bail them out there. So get the number one pick. You can reset your franchise here. Obviously, drafting Trevor Lawrence, no-brainer first overall, bringing in Urban Meyer, the connections in the state of Florida, trying to turn this program around. But, Pritch, a bunch of things that, that I lean on to the under six and a half with. And, you know, full transparency, I bet the under six and a half myself. You know, I did notice with the juice, it's now minus 110 both sides, the over under six and a half. I'm pretty sure it was like minus 120 to the under recently. So maybe there was a little bite at the apple to that over here. But this is kind of a system play for me, Pritch. You know, one thing I look at when betting win totals is obviously uh, fading a rookie coach and fading a rookie quarterback. You know, this is a team that went one in 15 last year. And just from the standpoint of, you win one game last year, are you really gonna improve by five more, you know, six more games, mm-hmm. get up to seven? To me, that's a really, really difficult thing to do. I mean, we see in the NFL, uh, there are some worse the first years. You know, there, it is a league of parity. I think right now, uh, maybe not so much this year with obviously the the Bucks and the Chiefs really head and shoulders of, above everyone else. But Pritch, I think it's really tough. And, you know, an exercise here, just going through uh, the schedule here. Number one, I do think uh, that a, that a, a, a actual, an actual bet against the Jaguars in week one has a lot of legs here buying low on the Houston Texans because we did see big move toward the Jags where they're now minus three on the road at Houston after opening up some books. I think we're like minus one and a half, minus two. So to me, that's a buy low spot, division dog, low total uh, situation there to grab Houston in that opener. But you look through it here. Maybe they get by the Texans. They get a a win there. Are they going to beat the Broncos, the Cardinals? Maybe they play tough with the Bengals. I mean, you look through the schedule, I think maybe you can beat the Texans, but I'm going through it. Uh, looking pretty, d- you know, deeper here. You got the Jets later in the year. It's hard for me to find three wins, let alone seven, to cash this over. So, uh, from our exercise standpoint of going game by game here, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for this team to win seven games. I do think if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you got to be optimistic for the future. You know, Trevor Lawrence, as we've all heard, could be that next Elway, that you know, stud prospect out of uh, out of college, one of the most highly rated quarterbacks we've seen over the past, you know, multiple decades here at this point. But it's such a turnaround, Pritch, going from one win to seven, Mm -hmm. especially with the rigors of a a rookie quarterback and a a rookie coach. To me, those are auto bets against uh, just from a standpoint of um, uh, the acclimation period and really expecting them to to win seven games. I think is really, really difficult. I like the under six and a half with the Jaguars. Uh, But what do you think?
3: Well, notable coaches to have success in the National Football League from college. uh, Jimmy Johnson. Um, I mean, you go back Bill Walsh and all those days. But I mean, that was a long, 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 long time ago uh, in terms of these coaches. But those coaches also had experience as assistant coaches uh, in the National Football League. Uh, When you're talking about head coaches from college to the National Football League, that's a different story. Uh, so Urban Meyer's up against it from, in that regard and having uh, a year in which, okay, seven wins on the schedule, that's doable. Well, looking at their past history, too, uh, the last time they exceeded seven wins, Josh, uh, 2017, they had six, uh, ten wins. Uh, let's go back to 2010, they had eight wins. So few and far between in terms of that franchise, that organization having more than six wins or seven wins.
4: Yeah, seriously, Pritch, that's a huge turnaround here. And also the culture of losing. you (laughs) got to really change that culture. (laughs) And again, you have all these high first-round picks, and it's like every year I feel like they have two or three first-round picks. But. Um. Again, it's not just talent. You got to be able to create a team and a team environment and a winning culture. That that takes a lot of uh, you know a lot of work to do over time. And I do think that 2017 year. I believe that was the year uh, where Brady hurt his thumb, possibly, or it was, I don't think it was the year they got to the championship game against New England, maybe. Uh, and if I'm remembering correctly, I think Danny Amendola and the Pats came back and won that game. But uh, Pritch, the thing I'm looking at too is where they'll finish in that division. I think it's, you know, I'm a big believer in the uh, in the Titans this year. They're over nine wins. Uh, but I think it's going to be Titans, Colts, one, two. I think based on the win total with the Texans win total of four and the Jaguars, six and a half, odds makers are really telling you that the Texans are going to be the in the basement here. I think that finished third at minus 115. I could be intrigued by that. I don't, you know, if I'm going to bet any Jags number, I'd like to get some plus money on mm-hmm. a bad team. But I think they're really ticketed for that third spot there, minus at 115. Uh, I'd be interested in that. But I would say, let's give the Jags some credit, because I'm, I'm trashing the Jags today, Pritch. I don't <laughs> mean to. Uh, I just really like their underwin total. Right. But I would say, here's another, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep you guessing throughout the show, Pritch. Here's another preseason line move okay. that caught my eye that's really, really sharp. Uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Jacksonville Jaguars against the Cleveland Browns big move here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This thing opened a lot of books, Cleveland minus four on the road. We've now flipped to the Jaguars at minus one and a half or minus two. So this is one of those games where it means way more to Jacksonville than it does for Cleveland. We, we I did see uh, with Miles Garrett and, um, and their cornerback Denzel Ward, some issues here where they're not going to play for a while. They should be okay week one uh, against the Chiefs here. But I think it's a game that the Browns are really not going to take very seriously, and I think Urban Meyer is going to take very seriously uh, for uh, for Jacksonville. So that will be a money line play for me, Pritch. Another dog to fave, pop defense become a favorite. I think right now you're on minus 120, minus 125-ish right. uh, money line play here for the Jaguars well, he's on got Saturday to, night. He,
3: yeah, he's got to change the culture like you mentioned. Um, and so certainly maybe the sense of urgency or the, the attitude going into your first preseason game is going to go out there and want to win it. Uh, and then you have the wild card. You have Tim Tebow. Uh, running with the threes, right? Tim Tebow, Tebow mania out there on the field in the third, fourth quarter trying to make the team. I mean, that could uh, mean something in this game against Cleveland as well. Have you seen pictures of Tebow, by the way? (laughs)
4: I would say he looks pretty jacked. 6'3", 255,
3: 260. The guy, he
4: looks like a tight end now. It's unbelievable. And again, here's another thing. You know the movie Beetlejuice? You say Beetlejuice three times uh, and he appears. You say Tebow three times, Michael Lombardi's head explodes. So just don't do it. Just be careful there. Uh, But but I agree with you. You know, Tebow, obviously the prop bet of, you know, how many catches will he have, how many yards. Uh, That was a big topic earlier there in the summer. Um, I'm looking at some of these other prop bets here. You know, to me, Trevor Lawrence, over 14 and a half interceptions. Can he throw you 15 picks in year one where Mm -hmm. you're going to go against a lot of defenses that are going to throw things that you've never seen, you know, coverages, exchanges. I think that's an opportunity there uh, to maybe go over Lawrence, uh, 14 and a half interceptions. I also think Marvin Jones, this guy could become a bit of a security blanket, pretty reliable receiver, runs great routes. Can he get you over 825 and a half receiving yards? I think that's doable. And then Travis ETN, a guy who I know you're really high on, Pritch. Um, I wouldn't target his rushing yards at 650 and a half, but I got to figure out his receiving yards because I think he could quickly become, um, you know, one of these the James White type role of a guy yeah. out of the backfield who really makes moves with his ball in the hands with some slip passes and, and screens and stuff like that. Uh, and I think you like James Robinson. Is that correct, Pritch? Would you go over 650 and a half with
3: Robinson? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm kind of high on this offense. I, I don't know if I'm high on them this year or for future years. Uh, this year, I kind of want to see what they have in preseason. Um, but on paper, DJ Shark, I mean, Marvin Jones, Lavisca Uh he's a buff. Uh, I met him when he was a freshman. I, I know a lot about LaVisca. Uh, he is a strong, strong player, Josh. He's, he got hurt. He was banged up last year out there for Jacksonville. But what they want to do offensively between all these weapons that Trevor Lawrence has as well as the running game, Travis ATN as well, they do have the makings on paper right now uh, to be ultra-talented there offensively. So we'll see if it comes together this year or not, though.
4: Yeah, again, great point, Pritch, because if you look on paper, you do have a lot of uh, highly drafted players, Mm -hmm. uh, first-round picks. you got to bring it all together. And again, with a rookie quarterback, rookie coach, Uh, maybe you're excited to kind of start this journey together and build this foundation. But I also think there could be bumps along the road, you know, Chenault, you bring him up, uh, Pritch another Buffalo there for you, but uh, I was actually really high on him in the draft. I was hoping the Patriots uh, might get a shot at Chenault here. And what I'm seeing in uh, a lot of training camp and just Twitter and stuff like that is he's, he's really tearing it up. So uh, he could be a really big weapon for them. You know, I would say Pritch, you know, offensive rookie of the year, Trevor Lawrence, kind of chalky, but plus 300. He is the favorite overall. And if he plays decent, you know, they win five games or so he puts up some pretty good numbers, you know, to me, even though it's chalky, uh, you do uh, a lot of times see kind of the number one pick win this award overall. So plus 300, uh, maybe that's a, maybe that's a worthwhile look with, uh, with his first year there
3: in Jacksonville, how many wins would it take for urban Meyer to win coach of the year? He's 16 to one right now.
4: Oh man, I wouldn't touch that bet, Pritch. I mean, he could shock you. He's, he is in a situation where, you know, hey, if they sniff a playoff berth, if they sniff 500, uh, maybe you just say, hey, wow, he really uh, made uh, chicken salad out of chicken bleep, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, Pritch, I think it's going to be a long year. And again, my under six and a half is the this is the way I would go. So I think a lot of these, especially, I'd love to know if we can, I'll look this up during the next break, but rookie head coaches to win coach of the year. I can't think of one Pritch. I think that's really difficult to do. So uh, maybe, maybe he'll be the first. I'm sure there was one before him. But uh, that's not a play that I would like to make on a rookie.
3: Yeah, I like where he's starting at, though, because uh, you got Matt Ruhl, uh with Carolina too. these college coaches now coming to the National Football League. So my experience during Erickson up in Seattle, uh, it, it took a minute in terms of trying to get that or earn that respect or or uh, get your players to buy in, you know, as opposed to, oh, you're just a college coach. And you, you see that and you hear that in the locker room sometimes from professional athletes. So I think Urban Meyer, a different foundation, though, because he's starting brand new, really. I mean, a blank canvas, if you will, uh, with a lot of young players coming from the college ranks to the National Football League right now.
4: Yeah, and that may benefit him, Rich, because maybe the veterans are a little uh, more wary of a college coach Mm -hmm. coming up. A lot of these young guys, high draft picks,
3: they're used to this college coaching atmosphere. So maybe that is a benefit uh, to Meyer. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to hour number two. Adam Burke's going to be on the program, sports betting analyst, some football with Adam Burke, as well as some baseball with Josh Applebaum. All that more coming up next right here on v the sports betting network.
2: Sumo Play.